everybody. Handle here. And uh, it is a, a different kind of Saturday. If uh, you've just tuned in or tried to tune in, tune in uh, for the last couple hours, you've been listening to Dean Sharp. Dean is now on 6 to 8 o'clock. And I maintain 8 to 11. And I want to make it absolutely clear that I have not been fired from the 6 to 8 o'clock slot. I have to tell you, whenever anybody in radio says something along the lines of, I have not been fired, they have. Whenever you hear by mutual agreement, it's never mutual. We wish him the best. No, that's not true. They're wishing that you get hit by a truck on your way out of the building. That's the reality. Uh, but Dean is uh, here from 6 to 8 o'clock every Saturday morning. I'm here from 8 to 11. Hello, Tessa. Good morning to you. Hello, I'm uh, here that whole time. Uh, oh, you are. All right, so you don't <laughs> have... All right, excellent. So I work, I've work. i been working with Tessa a good part of the week uh, in the morning, and it's uh, great fun. We got into a lot of trouble. Well, with, you really uh, did. I know we did, yeah. Uh, yeah, with our program director. We'll be doing that again. All right, phone number, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. Wow, I don't even have it written up on the board. And I still remember that. It's been the same number for 30 years here on KFI. And uh, I've been here every minute of that time, by the way. So I have to I have to write this number down. All right. You guys ready to do it? Why not? This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Okay. Uh, here is, I think, a case. And uh, let me uh, share it with you. There's a New York man, Osmani Ba. B-H, uh, B-A-H, uh, or Usman Ba, New York, and he has filed a lawsuit against Apple, saying that Apple's facial recognition software wrongly blamed him for stealing from Apple uh, Apple stores. So someone had used a stolen ID to pass themselves off as him, and uh, they were busted stealing $1,200 worth of merchandise from an Apple store in Boston. And the ID listed his name, address, other personal information, but did not include a photo. Uh, Okay, identity theft. I tell you about identity theft every weekend. Uh, So, uh, Ba says Apple took the perp at his word, saying this is who I am. And that is Ba's identity that had been stolen. And uh, the thief said, um, I'm Ba. And so, Apple buys it. And uh, then the thief rips off Apple stores, New Jersey, Delaware, Manhattan, all of which Boss says he was blamed for. And the only reason he learned uh, is he received a Boston Municipal Court summons in the mail uh, saying, guess what? Uh, You have been caught stealing all of this. We want you to appear. And so he was arrested uh, in uh, November. Uh, But a detective working on the case was looking at the surveillance footage from the Manhattan store and said, you know, this guy who said he was Ba looks nothing like Ba. So the charges have uh, been dropped in every state. For some reason, not New Jersey. Uh, The case is still pending, but I think it's just falling through the cracks. They'll certainly drop it. So I think that's legitimate uh, because what Apple did is accept the ID without a picture ID, stolen ID. Now, whether or not that's the case, uh, if I'm sitting on a jury, I'm going to go against Apple only because, you know, Apple or Zillionaire, Apple's big, deep pockets and Ba went through a lot of hassle. But uh, I love these lawsuits because the amount of money they file for 
A billion dollars is what he wants from Apple. Just a billion. All right. Uh, that's the other thing. If if I'm on a jury and uh, I'm asked for a billion dollars, gone. Get out. You've just lost. All right. Uh, let's take uh, a phone call or two. Here we go. Uh, oh, I think uh, Crazy Mary is back. We do this almost Hi. every week. Hi, Mary. What can I, I, do, for, what I, can like I do for you this weekend? I like this new time because you can sleep in better. Okay. So, yeah, it's good. Okay. Uh, you told me to be my own lawyer. Yes. And, 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 and why I, did and I tell doing... why? Hey, wait, wait a sec. Why did I tell you to be your own lawyer, because Mary? Because too broke to not do anything No, else. no, because every lawyer you will ever meet thinks you are crazy. Oh, yes, of course. Okay. okay. So let, me, let me give you this idea, okay? Okay, yeah, tell me what's I going on. Being, you know, like, what do you call it? There's a name. Sued. Because of criminal things I've done. I could get six months in jail okay. because what? I didn't fix my plumbing, and I could pay $1,000 per day per code violation. Since there's 10 code violations, I've, I'm already underwater on my property. I was wondering, why don't I get a public defender like a regular criminal? And why do I have to pay, the job to pay for the DA and his lawyers and his consultants, the receivers, because... Basically, they're treating me like a criminal. They kicked me out of my house, and I'm homeless. Yeah, so I'm we, talk, we talked about that uh, before. No, where... no, but this isn't. This is different. Of course, yeah. I have to do my prayer, and I'm like, don't charge me anything because I'm a criminal. Yeah, I Mary, Mary, these are. By the way, failure to comply generally is uh, it, they go after you administratively, so the fines are, are not criminal fines to begin with. But they uh, stay six months in jail. Too. Yeah, well, that's criminal. So you know what? Uh, you have no place to live, right? You're no, homeless. I'm living in a one bedroom in a in a big house. I love it, but I, I you know I'm. Then why'd you say you were, then why'd you say you were homeless? Because I don't own a home. Oh, I'm a that's, okay. I'm that's a that's you know technically no, you're right. Technically, if you don't Thank own you. a home, even if you're paying eighty thousand dollars a month for a Malibu beachfront, which they do, they are technically homeless. I'll buy that. Uh, <laughs> All right, so uh, the I'm going to give you the same answer that I uh, gave uh, last time. Uh, and not only do I not know the answer, I have no idea what you're even talking about, which is typical. Excellent. All right. Hello, Gary. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, hey, Bill. Quick question. Um, I do some uh, high school video stuff, and we want to live stream some of our events. My question is, if there is copywritten music, maybe 20, 30 seconds of it in the background, like, say, when they're introducing the football team, Am I breaking a yeah, probably, violation? But, yeah, but who's gonna, who cares? I mean, the worst that's going to well, happen. The yeah, worst going to happen is someone's going to write you a letter say, "Don't do it anymore." Well, what if it goes up on YouTube? Uh, again, they're just going to write you a letter and say, "Just don't do it anymore." That's all you're going to get. That's oh, the downside. No, no, no. There, and you stop doing it. It's a cease and desist. They're going to say you're using copyrighted uh, material. And you're putting it on the YouTube channel, your YouTube channel, and you probably can't use it. And I, first of all, I don't think they're going to say anything because uh, how much music do you think are on YouTube channels uh, running around uh, on posts? And, uh, you're, well, and you're not selling it per se and not, you're not using it for commercial purposes in the sense that uh, people who own copyrights go after folks. Uh, even the background is football game, and no one cares. Uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it. Now, if you get a cease and desist from the owner of the music, you stop, and you write back saying, "Oops." By the way, that's with well, three, three O's. That's really important. Legally, the difference between two and three O's very strong. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're uh, good. You're good. Don't worry. I wouldn't worry about it. People do. I mean, it's a legitimate question. You know, there's no question about that. But, uh, yeah, I don't think so. All right. Uh, this, oh, this is Handle on the Law. You got some change inside your pocket, but it doesn't change a thing. I'm a stranger to your smile, but I have seen And the morning Handle here on a Saturday right until 11 o'clock. Followed by Leo Laporte. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Hey, Will. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, so um, I got my mom has a house that's already paid off. Yeah, you're not uh, you're not on a speakerphone, are you, perchance? No, I'm not. Oh, interesting. I always accuse people of being on a speakerphone. <laughs> and uh, and for some reason, oh, they used to be. Oh, let me tell you, people used to be on speakerphones. I used to go berserk. Yeah, no, I All can't right. stand it either. So. Okay, what can I do for you? Although you sound like you're on a speakerphone. So let's do this. Uh, you're a little echoey. And I'll be over here, yeah, okay? And we'll have an even phone call. Okay, that's better. How's that? Oh, much Except better. Outside. Yeah, much better. Okay. So my mom paid off her house. It's about 1.6. Um I'm the only child. I am the beneficiary, obviously. I'm on the trust um, as receiving house. Now, she has a boyfriend that lives with her. Um, nice guy, I guess. Um, eight years, if he's still... I'm sorry, one more time, you, you, you dropped out. He's been with her, what, eight years? Uh, yeah, around there. Okay. Um, but I just want to make sure that in 20 years, if he's still there, and she happens to pass away... He can't come out and say, well, I lived there for so long. Um, I should get part of this house. Yeah, no, I know yeah, and, that's, and, that's, and that's a good question. How old is your mom, by the way? She's about 65. Yeah, she'll be 85. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's legit. Um, okay. Uh, that's assuming that she's going to leave uh, the house to you, that, uh, that the trust doesn't change. You're still the beneficiary, correct? Right, right. All right. right. He's not going to go after the house. He can't because it was paid off. Okay. It was paid off. Uh, it belongs to you. And the only thing that's going to happen, he's going to probably spend the next 20 years trying to change your mom's uh, mind about you being the beneficiary. Uh, but, that's, right, right. Yeah, but that's about it. You're, you're covered. Uh, don't worry about okay. it. And, and the reason, incidentally, why he's covered is because it's already, the house is already paid off. Now, had, he, had mom still had a mortgage, there's a claim because he could uh, then a uh, husband can argue, well, I help pay for a part of this house. Therefore, I'm entitled to, and then there would be a formula, half of the increase of value, but then there, but you'd have to pay rent anyway, or you'd be paying your own mortgage. So it, it sort of washes out, but uh, this is a clean case. Absolutely clean. Uh, the boyfriend, the husband gets uh, nothing. Uh, all right. Hello, Mary. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, I'm calling to see if I might be able to t- have some legal recourse against my uh, landlord that I'm renting from. What's going on is that um, they, we had a new manager come about two years ago, but this is an ongoing problem. She came and opened the door to my apartment and was on her way in. She didn't know I was here. And I said, who is it? When I uh, went to the door to see, she she took off running. So, um, and then when I saw who it was, she said, oh, I'm sorry, I know I must have scared you, but what it was was that uh, I was I was going to the wrong apartment. Well, I know that wasn't true because I live in a corner apartment, and the apartment that's on right. the floor that was... Okay, fair enough. I get it. She knew she was doing... Was that one time, by the way, Mary? 
Or does she continue? That was one time. Does she continue? To, does she continue to do that? Yeah, somebody is coming in my apartment and tearing up my furniture, cutting oh. my furniture, oh. cutting the rugs up. Oh, they really? My refrigerator. Yeah. Oh. And you know what? So With- what I did. Mm-hmm, I've gone on and I had the police come over and I showed them everything and they said, well. Uh, they said, you know what, what you need to do is get a camera. Yeah, those little ring cameras. That's what you have to get. And I, I got I got some, uh, but I didn't find no ring. I don't know. Oh, no, that's just the name of it. That's just the name. There's, uh, there's dozens of manufacturers out there. And what you uh-huh. do is you get this little camera, and it just sits there right on your door, and it sees everybody that's coming to your door, and you would be able to see her uh, right. or see him. So that's what you want to get. And then if you can record that. Uh, and I don't know. Do those little cameras have recording capabilities? Because it's run on your I, phone. I think so. Uh, I, I know they a, go to your phone. Yes. I have put the cameras up, but what's going on? I put cameras in here on January 13th. After I got the camera, they're now scratching and scratching paint off of my car out on the parking lot. Oh, and someone ha- someone was, hates you. Someone hates you. Well, they they do because I mentioned to management that she was coming in. And, uh, all right, I hang on. Hold, all work. right, Mary, hold on a minute. All right, okay. you have okay. one time she went in to management. One that she went into your house once, and all of this is uh, your house is being vandalized, and your car is now being vandalized because I assume the camera was uh, there. Uh, who would you like to sue when you say uh, I want recourse? Uh, who is it that you... You know, I don't know if I could sue management. I'm Maybe. trying to figure, is there, Maybe. Is there I anything I that I could I mean, they're going to th- throw you out, but mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I think uh, there is uh, some liability there, especially if you reported it to management. And I'm assuming you took pictures of all the damage, correct? Oh, yeah. I all right. And you, show, and, you showed, and you showed it to them. Uh, what did the police say, by the way? Well, the police were the ones that told me to get the camera. All right, they so they wouldn't even take a report. Would... So the police wouldn't even take a, a, a report of uh, damage what or vandalism. What they told me they would do was they were going to go downstairs and talk to the manager. All right. How and much... I told them no, that because what is she going to say? I did it. Right. That, well, that's gonna... exactly the same if you sue. That's, what you're, that's what's going to happen. You're going to sue for the damages, and guess what she's going to say? I didn't do it. The same thing she tell the police, which now we go back to, I want you to have video. I want you to have, uh, well, what you're saying is that video stopped the vandalism inside the house, right? Yeah, I All don't right. think anybody's coming in anymore, okay. but now they're on my car. So All right, I then I, put, I, would, I, can... I would put a video camera uh, outside uh, the area where you can video your car. Right. Same thing. These are all wireless, and they're not very much money, and uh, that's the way I'd handle it. It's not okay. easy because it's fine. Who can I go after? Well, if you don't have absolute proof, you don't go after. It's kind of weird. Going in the house, vandalizing uh, the place, and then when the camera goes up, then you go to the car, vandalize the car. Uh, and then I guess when that happens, you kill the dog. I mean, I don't know where you go with that. I really don't. Someone really hates this woman. That's for sure. This is Handle on the Law. Oh, uh, oh, let me do it. Yeah, let me do a spot. That's right. Uh, let me tell you about, uh, we're talking about uh, earlier, uh, theft, identity theft. So uh, let's say you had something to mail that's important, you know, something private, you know, tax documents, uh, which contain your social security number or other financial information. Would you put it on a postcard or on the outside of the envelope? Of course not. Well, when you use public Wi-Fi, that is what happens virtually. That's what you're doing. And uh, 
you could be potentially exposing, well, actually, you are exposing sensitive private information to cyber criminals or even companies that just track your browsing activities and app use and then sell all that, which is why I'm going to suggest Norton Secure VPN. It's an easy-to-use virtual private network that encrypts your connections, all of them, even on public Wi-Fi, so that the information you send and receive is safe from cyber criminals and also safe from those companies that want to use all of your good information and sell it off. And you can use Norton Secure VPN with either your laptop or a mobile device. Whether you're sending or receiving information, it encrypts that information, making it unusable to anyone out there. Uh, And Norton Secure uh, VPN starts at just $3.33 a month with annual subscription. So get Norton Secure VPN ASAP. Just go to Norton.com slash VPN, Norton.com slash VPN. This is Handle on the Law. Saturday morning, 800-520-1534. If you happen to tune in this morning between 6 and 8, you notice I wasn't here, and that's because I wasn't here. Dean Sharp, uh, now his second show, actually it's his first show, because he's on Saturday and Sunday. He's here 6 to 8 on Saturday. All right. More phone calls. More handle on the law. Hey, Frank. Welcome. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I, I went into a convenience store about a week ago, and um, the uh, clerk didn't let me leave. Uh, he, he came at me pretty uh, aggressively, accusing me of stealing. And so um, we exchanged words, and I asked to see the manager. I was, I was demanding to see the manager. I wanted to know who was in charge. So they proceeded to call the police on me, and uh, when the police arrived, um I was pretty much shaken down. Uh, the cop frisked me. Were you arrested? My... No, I wasn't arrested. He told me I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't being arrested. He went into, but like he went into my pockets and took all my change and threw it on the ground. And the then cop, he sat the me cop by... did. Yeah, the sheriff wow. did. Wow. And then he sat. And then he sat me by the car. And so um, his partner came out and told him that yeah, they accused him of stealing. Uh, then um, they said, well, you're. You're free to go. And the cop threw my change on the ground was like, well, if you want your change, go ahead and pick it up. And then by this time, a couple other police showed up and one of the police started trying to interrogate me, asking me, well, what are you doing in this town? And so I told him I'm born in America. I could be anywhere I want in America. And then he asked me uh, another question and I told him, hey, I was told I was free to go. So I'm not going to answer any more of your questions. And this convenience store is next to a train station, so he told me, well, get on the train and go north. So what I'm trying to do is I'm figuring if I could get the surveillance video, then, Well, it, you know, here's where you're going to get the surveillance video when you uh, sue the convenience store manager and employee for uh, making a false police report. And I they, don't even think they made a police report. No, no, no. They, they, they call they call the police. They certainly call the police on you. Now, they're going to argue right. they call the police because you were belligerent. Uh, but, of course, you're going to argue that it's because of the theft. Uh, incidentally, was there any dash cam or body cams on the on the cops? Uh, 
I'm pretty sure they had dash cams. Okay, yeah, so here's sure. the other thing. So there's two issues here. Number one, uh, a lawsuit for that's kind of BS because it's no lawyer's going to take it. You have to do it on your own. Just you don't go back to the convenience store, but the police officers, you put in a formal complaint. It'll go in their file, and you describe exactly what happens. And since okay. you weren't arrested uh, for stealing anything, you don't have false arrest, but you have an issue with the police department doing you know, the change going in your pockets. I mean, that's crazy for a cop to do that. And so you want to put in a formal complaint, maybe talk to a civil rights lawyer, but uh, yeah, they, they like cases where the police take your head off, for example. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what I got in the, um, what, what's called the consultations that I had. Okay. So just, uh, uh, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, you talk to, you know what, yeah, yeah, you know, go to handleonthelaw.com, go to my website, and uh, just do an email blast, and uh, just ask, uh, you know, and you'll probably get an answer, what do I do with this, and they'll tell you, and if there is a legal case there, if someone is interested in picking it up, uh, especially on the police issue, or they've sued that police department or sheriff's uh, department before, uh, then there may be something there. All right, Mary, hello, Mary. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Oh, man. Okay, thanks, Bill. Sure. Uh, I'm the third Mary, and I'm not like the other two. Okay? I'm glad to hear that. But <laughs> Well, okay, my story is I'm a 65-year-old female. I have bone-on-bone uh, um, bilateral knee arthritis because I was a runner and because of the way I'm built. For more than 10 years, I've been getting these injections in my knees, mm-hmm. the hyaluronic injections, and they work. They work for 18 to 24 months. So I go to my doctor in September of 2018. They says, oh, when I get there, they says they're not, Anthem Blue Cross is not covering the injections anymore under any circumstances, okay. not medically necessary. I had to pay out of pocket for one injection, which was um, $800. Yeah, nice and They were going to give me a deal on two. Right. And um, they says you can, uh, re- you can file a claim. So I did, and um, they rejected it. And I had the doctor send in all the medical records why I could why I needed the injections. One, I have um, kidney disease, so I can't do the steroids or the NSAIDs. All right, so uh, and I have the custom. Yeah, and I want you want to know: Can you force them to do it? Can they just drop you? Right. Yeah, well, because I've done everything. I understand, I mean, but they're changing. But here's what they're doing: work. they're cha- what they're doing is they're changing the terms of your contract, and uh, insurance companies can do that. Uh, they could say starting next year, we're not going to cover this and we will be covering that. And uh, that's uh, that's what insurance companies do. Uh, and they now you can argue with them. You can say that this is not elective. This should be covered. Uh, you argue under Obamacare and uh, you put in the claim like crazy. So you put in your claim. They've denied the claim. Correct. Correct. OK, so now you have to appeal the claim. And you do that, okay? And they're going to say, okay, they're going to claim with the medical records, okay? And they're going to say no to that, and uh, then you get to fight them for uh, covering uh, your knee situation. And you could probably join other people. You're not alone. So what I would do is do an internet search and talk about uh, your insurance company, uh, and you'll see claims for knee. Uh, knee procedures, knee injections, and see what's going on out there. Because fighting the insurance company is no small thing. And it's all, it's impossible to do by yourself because they fight, fight, fight no matter what. Uh, so, I mean, are you right? Yeah, if it's medically necessary and they're, they're arguing and it's not, that's a value judgment. 
And I, I think you can certainly fight that. But uh, it's a mess fighting the insurance company. By the way, I want to point something out to you. And uh, that is you were a runner and your knees are actually falling apart, correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, I, also, at home. I'm well, hyperflexible. Yeah, no, I'm, I get I'm it. I'm also hyperflexible, too. Okay. But, you know, but. All right. So let me tell you what happens. That's part of the problem. Right. So in the meantime, I sit on my ass, I binge watch, I overeat, I live in a completely sedentary life. My knees are fine. They couldn't be in better shape. <laughs> this is Handle on the Law. He used to meet me on the east side in the city where the sun goes and uh, good morning, Handle here. It is a uh, Saturday morning, 800-520-1534, right up until 11 o'clock. And uh, if you care to join me in uh, Montclair, Dr. Cunning, I'm doing a Cunning Dental Clinic appearance. And if you have those kinds of teeth, please join. 800-520-1534. All right, uh, back we go. More Handle on the Law. Marginal Legal Advice. Hey, Chris. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Good morning, Bill. How you doing? Yes. Three years ago, my ex-wife got hired by Miracosta College Police as a community services officer. And during that, when she got hired, she signed various paperwork having to do with her wages and benefits. Right. Is she, benefits. I'm just curious. Is she a peace officer? No, she's not a peace officer. She's a evidence technician. Okay. Fair enough. some other duties. So in her paperwork... The, um, the retirement benefits said PERS 2.5% and 55%. And um, since then, she has been back just going over some of her benefits and some other things with HR. <clears throat> and she was asking about her retirement. And they said, you don't have that. You have 2% at 65%. And she go at, in another retirement system, she goes, that's not what I was told. And that's not what's on my paperwork I signed. She produced that to HR. They said, well, there's nothing we can do about that because um, you're not in that retirement system, period. So she's since filed a grievance, and it's working its way through the system. I looked at the paperwork. It says specifically what, what her retirement benefits are. It even is on the website still, and she's taking pictures of that. Wow. If they're still advertising it on the website, because people, you can change uh, retirement plans. I mean, usually you don't. Uh, you know, it's a breach of contract, but... Probably when uh, she first signed up, uh, there's probably some notification on the paperwork that conditions may change or no. benefits may. There's none of that. All right. Well, no, no there's none of that. And it, usually with government uh, retirement systems, they can't do that. Um, All right. If there is if, if there is an absence of that and they're still telling you on the website yeah, I mean, uh, you're she's entitled to the benefit package as promised, and they were just negligent. You're doing everything right at this point. He's going through. You have to go through the system first. I mean, you have to. Uh, yeah. Be and then and then after the end of that, uh, if it doesn't work out, uh, you you simply hire a lawyer, an experts in uh, an expert in employment benefits, and uh, that's okay. that's all you can do. I think the good news is attorneys' fees uh, are part of that package, so it's not going to cost her anything. Uh, and I'm assuming this is pretty substantial money you're talking about up to this point. Yeah, we did calculations going out years to what she would, would retire at, and it's at a substantial loss. Yeah, how um, much, by the way? Uh, how old is she now? Well, she's young. She's only uh, 38 oh, years old. Oh, all right. Old. So, uh, okay, so she's a long way from retiring. 
So uh, the best you're going to do is simply change up the system so they recalculate. Well, so much for a lawyer because how are they going to get their money? Uh, although, you know, there's still some maybe some statutory provision. You, what you're doing is absolutely right. This is a premature phone call. And I know. Yeah. So uh, I, I think you have something there. So call me when you have a case. And then I'll tell you you don't have a case. And then you feel much better about it, don't you? Mark. Hello, Mark. You're up. Welcome. Yeah, hi. Yeah, um, okay, I'll explain. Uh, my mom died a few months ago, and uh, she left a will in a, a, a small estate. And I know about some of the things, but she told me there was some money put away, but and she can't get to it. And it was, Well, yeah, and, it's hard to get to money when you're dead. Well, <laughs> that was before. And then, why uh, couldn't wait, wait, wait? Why couldn't she get to her money before? How but come she didn't have access to the money? She she didn't say, but I I just assumed it was a CD or, or in. Oh, some okay. Kind of a, do you know what? And you, do you have any idea what the the instrument actually was? She never told me. She All just right. said it. She said I have money put away for it. Right. Kind of like for me and my brother, okay. and, and that's it. And then she had a brand new car. She sold she sold her house just before she died and uh, and she had so it was around 250,000 just a small house where did that money go that's part of the problem because um my my brother said well she had some credit card bills and some things to pay off and I'm like well even if she had $50,000 to pay off she bought a brand new car that was 25,000 and he took that he said, he said, Mom wanted me to have the Okay, car. all right. We're already into breach of fiduciary duty. Is there a will? Yeah. Okay. But my, my, my brother said she didn't put any details like it what she there, Well, uh, that may be the case, but that means for those, uh, those provisions that are not put in the will, you and your brother split. That's simply okay. the way it works. And if he's keeping the car, you, you are entitled to half the value of the car. You can't just arbitrarily keep a car. And so especially if he's the if he is the executor of the will, you have to find out if it's probated. That's number one. You're a beneficiary and you have to let him know, hey, uh, I'm a beneficiary under this will. And if you don't share all the information, uh, you're in a world of hurt. By the way, once they open up a probate, uh, probate that's a public document. Hmm. OK, okay. Uh, Mark, anybody I can go in and f- see what the provisions of the will are. Okay, so, and if it does, if it doesn't have any details about what she wanted to leave in then, the will, then the two of you split everything. If you're even, the only, then you're if you're the only beneficiaries. Even even if he said mom wanted me to, that have does the no car. one cares. No one cares what mom wanted. Mom's okay. dead, and if mom didn't put it in writing, uh, what mom, what mom said she wanted that him to have it, he could have made it up. You so, know, you go, I, oh, mom wanted me to have it. Okay, great. That's not the law. Yeah. Should I just hire a lawyer then? Um, yeah, at least to write a lawyer letter at this point. Yes, uh, I would do that. I wouldn't make I don't think you need to file anything right now. It's just a letter to him and a, and a lawyer letter spending a few hundred bucks for because yeah, there's enough money here to make this worthwhile. Uh, yeah. yeah. Go to handle on the law dot com and go to a trust and estate lawyer. That's who you want to go to. And uh, just ask uh, them, can you, yeah, I was talking to Handel on uh, the show, and I know he's wrong, but he suggested that at least we get a lawyer letter to start this process. Explain it to him. Okay? But you don't want to, but you don't want to sound as boring to him as you do to me. So put a little bit of oomph, okay? Just get a little bit more excitement going, all right? 
Okay. Uh, now, let me tell you about a recent breach. Uh, wow. Oh, that's news, isn't it? Breach of data. Security research have discovered uh, an unprotected publicly accessible database. And are ready, ready for this, these numbers? 150 gigabytes? 763 million unique email addresses? That's basically two per person in the whole country. And it has data about individuals' consumers as well as business intelligent data. I mean, this is crazy stuff. Uh, there are so many ways cyber criminals can try to take what's yours, and they do. So how do you protect yourself from identity theft? Because that's what they're about, identity theft. Well, in in my world, it's all about LifeLock. Uh, LifeLock is, uh, in my opinion, and in this is experience talking, a tremendous protection. And they detect a wide range of identity threats, and they've taken my chestnuts out of the fire a few times. And if there's a problem, U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix that problem for you. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction, every business. But LifeLock, with its protection, uh, that's serious protection that I recommend and I've been a customer of for north of a decade. Get 10% off your first year. Use the promo code HANDLE. Call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE, or visit LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE. That's LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE. This is Handle on the Law. And uh, good morning on a Saturday. Bill Handle here until 11 o'clock. Always a pleasure to have you here. We have a new schedule on uh, Saturday morning. Six to eight o'clock is no longer me. I'm no longer doing five hours. Six to eight is now Dean Sharp, uh, the house whisperer. Dean at home with Dean or Dean with home or Dean's at home or Dean is not home. Uh, yeah, it's one of those. And I'm here from eight to 11 o'clock. And uh, that's the change on Saturday morning. I no longer do five hours. Phone number here is always 800-520-1534. 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right, big, big doings in the Supreme Court. Uh, they've agreed to hear a case, uh, a federal civil rights case, and this has to do uh, with a funeral home employee who was fired after disclosing that she was transitioning from male to female and dressed as a woman. Uh, obviously uh, identifying herself, self-identifying as a woman. And uh, so the lawsuit involves, uh, effectively says, you can't fire me. And why? Because I am a protected class. Discrimination occurs if you are fired or discriminated against because of race, creed, religion, gender, male or female. But the court has never said LGBTQ rights. Is that part of gender discrimination? Personally, I don't see how it's not. I mean, I can't imagine that you wouldn't include uh, LGBTQ folks. And uh, tra- trans and trans. I think it's uh, if you look at all of the letters, L T B Q R A 
LSMFT. Uh, we put it all together, and there's a there's a, a lot of descriptions here. I once went through a list of how uh, folks describe their sexuality. You know, binary, binary fluid uh, refuses to state. Uh, just it just what's fluid? Incidentally, what is fluid sexuality? I'm not even gonna get there. Uh, nope, not going to touch that one uh, with a 10-inch pole. I tell you right now, that ain't going to happen. Anyway, uh, the court is going to hear whether or not uh, the LGBTQ rights are part of the protected class. Now, I think they are. Which way do you think the court's going to go? I'm guessing the court, since it's a 5-4, to four, seriously conservative uh, majority, is going to go the other way. And that is to very narrowly, narrowly define protected uh, protected classes. This is a court that takes the Constitution and narrowly defines it. If it ain't written, it ain't so. Where you have other courts that expand on the uh, liberties that are defined. You know, for example, Scalia, Justice Scalia, was probably the most conservative uh, member of the court for a million years. Also the smartest guy out there. Boy, he by far he was the smartest guy in the room. And, for example, on abortion. Now, he was a Catholic. Uh, He thought that Roe v. Wade should be overturned from minute one, but not because he thought abortion was evil or immoral or murder. His position was, show me where abortion is in the Constitution as a right. And uh, the right to privacy, which so many cases are based on, the right to privacy. His argument was, You show me where the right to privacy once appears in the Constitution, and it doesn't. Now, the argument that is expansive saying, well, it's it's hilarious when right to privacy cases were written. I think it was Justice Potter who said the the right to privacy comes out of a penumbra. That's, I think, the word he used. I love that word. A penumbra of rights that come out of it. You put all that together. It comes out of the ether. And you put it all together, and there you go. It's the right to privacy. Scalia said, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. If it's written, it's written. If it's not, don't put your own mind into it. So anyway, I think that's what's going to happen with this court. Uh, And that is, I don't think they're going to overturn the discrimination based on sex and creed, et cetera, because there is a good constitutional argument for that. I don't think it's going to happen with the LGBTQ folks. I don't think they're going to be a protected class, unfortunately. All right, let's go ahead and uh, take uh, some uh, phone calls. Joe, let's start with you this hour. Hello, Joe. Joe, are you there? Hello. Yes, sir. It is. What can I do for you, Joe? Good morning, Bill. First of all, how can I sue Bill Handel? Because he makes me laugh too much. Oh, there you go. If I, I there's a lawsuit, you make me laugh too much. I love it. People tell me they roll off the, they're driving off the road sometimes. I love it, but uh, no, you can't sue me. I wish you could. Oh, you talk God. about entertainment, but you can't. All right, Joe, what can I do for you? Listen, my brother had a little bit of that. I'm sorry, I, you're, you're well, breaking I, up a little bit. Your brother what? My brother had dead. Your brother had dead. He me, he dead. died. Your brother's dead. Yeah. Okay, got it. But. Between losing his job and dying, he was sued by uh, the debt. And oh, you're uh, breaking you're breaking up a little bit, and I'm sure it's a, it's a pretty good case. Okay, so let's, all right, your brother died. Okay, your brother sued was sued, and he died. 
right? Right, and he got a judgment against him. Okay, judgment for, against him. Fair enough. Now what? For about 11000 11, Okay. 11000 it will take. And he died. So, but the judgment was when to become a lien on okay. his apartment. Now, he's been there for about 11 years. Oh, wow. How, how can I remove... Well, okay. you really can't. I mean, uh, judgments, yeah, they're on there. Uh, that's uh, the problem. And unless they were reaffirmed, and uh, you can do that for 10 years and another 10 years, so you have to find out. Now, you can remove... No, the... it, wasn't, it wasn't reaffirmed. Okay. Well, then it, uh, then you just uh, make a motion to, uh, re- uh, to release the lien. It's, it's a simple... It's a legal... You, go to, you get a lawyer. How much is the, how much is the property worth, Joe? Uh, right now, he went up. It definitely went up. How much up. you think it's, it's worth? Uh, How much you think it's worth? Uh, at least uh, three hundred four. Okay, so you got three four hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, property. Boy, that's worth a lawyer for sure. And who yes, are and, and who are the beneficiaries? Uh, do you who owns it right now? Who holds title? His wife. His wife holds title. So Aline is on the property. So she should get a lawyer and uh, and make a motion to release Aline. So it should be fairly easy then. Well, I don't know how easy it's going to be. But, yeah, I, I think it's procedural. I think after 10 years, uh, you can make a motion to release the lien. Uh, it's certainly you can make a, a – the judgment is no longer valid. Now, I don't know if the lien still is or not because I don't do uh, I do not do that kind of law. Uh, but, well, the, lease, the lien is still there. No, I, I understand. Think. No, no, you, uh, when you talk about – releasing a lien it, it takes an order because no one's going to take off a lien voluntarily gotcha. uh you know what I, I would talk to a real estate lawyer uh to see what you can do with that because i think you're going to have to hire a lawyer anyway but it's not a big deal so it's not going to cost uh his uh, wife uh, a lot of money why are you by the way calling on behalf of his wife uh first of all because she's older and uh she's on a fixed income and she, she i'm just trying to help her Okay, are oh, you trying to help her? She's on a fixed income and can't make a phone call. Uh, and I guess well, she doesn't speak English. That's that, that yo, that's a problem too. At the end of it all, she doesn't speak English is kind of important. But anyway, uh, go to the website, go to handleonthelaw.com and talk to uh, any actually any civil lawyer. You can do it, and just uh, you send him an email and say, and you and you just say this is what's going on. Okay, how much do you think it would cost? A few hundred, well, that? a few hundred bucks. It shouldn't cost very much, but it doesn't even matter. Because, no, no, yeah, because the lien has to, yeah, it has to be released. Because what yeah. ends up happening is the lien stays on, and you get, and there's interest on it too. So you, um, yeah, you need a lawyer, and just start asking how much it would be. It could be pretty simple, Sounds and it could good. be that. But if the lien holder uh, fights it, then you're into a little bit of a fight. So go to the website, and uh, good for you for uh, taking care of uh, your sister that way, uh, or his, the ex-wife. Yeah, not bad. All right, hard to go. I understand that completely, don't I? This is Handle on the Law. Good morning, Handle here. It is a uh, Saturday morning. More Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Patrick, there you are. Hello, Patrick. Welcome. Hey, good morning, Bill. Thanks for taking my call. So back in January, I ordered some tickets through a website that um, my employer, it's like a benefit through my employer. They offer like discounted 
movie tickets, theme park tickets, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, long story short, I thought I ordered tickets to the to Coachella, but they were actually parking passes. So I went round and around with them on that. And I said, okay, finally, I'm like, okay, fine. Just send me the parking passes. And the first guy I talked to said they would send them after the release, which was March. Never got them. I called back and um, they said, well, we'll send them to you. On a, I would have, they're going to send them on Wednesday. The event started on Friday. And I replied, I said, you know, how are they going to ship? Are they going to get here on time? Uh, I didn't get a response. Didn't get any tracking information. Never got the tickets or the parking passes, I guess. So I disputed it with my credit card company. But, I mean, I've just read a lot of bad information about this company. So I was All right. Did the credit card, by the way, those. did the credit card company uh, credit back your money? Not yet. They're doing an investigation. All right. They well, they, they, they probably. They, uh, my my guess is they probably will under the circumstances. So uh, how oh, much? I hope how, so. how much of the parking so pass? What's interesting? Parking pass to the Coachella Festival and an entry to the festival. Uh, the VIP parking passes were like about three hundred twenty-five dollars each. That's for parking. Yeah. Wow. And how much is it to get in? Uh. I think general admission was five or six hundred dollars. All right, so that's uh, yeah, I can see three hundred and twenty-five dollars uh, that you sort of can, sort of coulda looked at it as the entry to the uh, to the festival. All right, so you ended up going to the festival anyway, right? Yeah. All right, and but if I go to, could I take them? To, say the investigation doesn't pan out or whatever. Can I take them the small claims court on their website? There's terms of use and terms of sale, yeah. and the terms of use say. Uh, all legal matters must be brought in. Yeah, well, you agree to that. Here's the problem. People, uh, whenever you uh, engage in a transaction, uh, the folks do have the right to determine where jurisdiction is. You know, for example, as you know, uh, I've been doing uh, surrogate parenting for a zillion years. Well, right then, we have clients from all over the world and all over the country. And right there in the contract, a dispute will be, uh, if there is a dispute, it will be under the rules of California jurisdiction. In other words, the rules of California law are going to apply. And so you can do that if you agree to it, which you obviously did, although you can argue it's small print. So let's say you take them to court, small claims court for 650 bucks, right? And uh, the company is where, incidentally? Where is it based out of? Orlando, Florida. Yeah, well, you get to sue in Orlando, don't you? Or you get to serve in Orlando. So let's say you file a lawsuit here in small claims, which you're allowed to do. You get to serve them in Orlando. And uh, I'm assuming no one's going to fly out from Orlando, so you probably win. But then collecting it is going to be impossible. How do you collect money when they won't even give you uh, parking tickets that you paid money for? (laughs) Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, what you want to do is, I talk, yeah, I think you're screwed, but you talk to your employer and go, hey, are you aware that this company that we're involved in uh, yeah. is screwing uh, the employees? And maybe yeah. and huh? maybe the employer would kick in money because uh, to pay you back because they're the ones that chose these flakes. Correct, yeah. I'm so, working that angle, too. Yeah, so you're doing yeah, everything. It's a, it's a you're, mess. Yeah, it is a mess. You're doing it all. You're doing it right. Uh, the best bet is a dispute with a credit card company, then the employer. A lawsuit against the company in Orlando is, eh. I mean, I have employees. You know, I've been a small business owner for a lot of years, and I would look at it. 
And if if under these circumstances the same thing happened, I I tell you to go pound sand, go someplace else for the money. I mean that's a given. But then again, that's the kind of employer I am. Now, security researchers, this is a little more serious for a moment, uh, discovered an unprotected publicly accessible database, 150 gigabytes of detailed marketing data, including 763 million unique email addresses. This is a treasure trove of information used to just create all the identity theft in the world. It's almost like shooting fish in a, in a, in a barrel. So what do you do to protect yourself? Because your info is out there. I mean, it's almost impossible for it not to be. Well, let me tell you what I do. And I'm a customer of LifeLock. LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. See, this one makes sense. Just give me an idea of uh, how LifeLock works. I uh, got a new lease on my car uh, a few months ago. And, you know, they have to do a credit run. And so the dealer gets all your information, social, et cetera, presses a button to ask for the credit report. At that moment... I got a text on my phone saying a credit inquiry has just been made on you. I mean, that is what LifeLock does. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction in every business, but LifeLock can uncover the threats that you might, that you probably will miss on your own. Go to uh, LifeLock.com, promo code handle for 10% off your first year. LifeLock.com, promo code handle, or you can call 800-LIFELOCK. Promo code HANDLE. That's 800-LIFELOCK. Promo code HANDLE. This is HANDLE on the law. I can't wait to go home. And good morning. HANDLE on a Saturday. Welcome back to HANDLE on the law. Marginal legal advice. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the show. What can I do for you? Yes, Dave? My question may seem unusual. Um, in in Commonwealth countries, we're taught that privacy should not be expected. Radio, satellite, cell phone signals, they're all public airwaves. But in other things, too, like in, in court, it's not discovery, it's just the particulars. Is, is it taught down here that pri- privacy in Commonwealth countries is considered like a slippery slope? Yeah, well, it's also a slippery slope here, but it's just a different kind of law where they don't have... A, a history of uh, privacy, which we do. Uh, they didn't have uh, the porno cases out of which uh, in the 70s came the right to privacy or expectations. It's a different system. For example, and I was uh, looking at this the other day, uh, I was looking at uh, a trial in uh, England, and uh, the charge was murder. Here, when someone is charged with murder, it's a violation of penal code, what, 187.C of the penal code. You know how they charge people with murder over there? It's uh, in violation of the common law. Common law murder. That's not even written any place. That just comes out of uh, common law that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. So it's just a different system. That's all. Uh, and and pri- privacy simply doesn't exist. Also, guns don't exist over there. They don't have a Second Amendment. Actually, they don't even have a written constitution. Not, certainly not like ours. So um, you're right. Not only is it an unusual question, it wasn't a particularly smart question either. But uh, thanks anyways. Always appreciated. All right, Audrey. Uh, hi, Audrey. Audrey, you're up. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Okay. 20 years ago, my mom wrote a will and a trust. It was very poorly written. It's uh, very vague. 
there was no power of attorney. Well, there, you don't need uh, a power of attorney or a trust or a will. Okay. It's an okay, executor, okay, executor in a will, and it's a trustee for the trust. Okay, good. So you answered that question. Second, what I'd like to do now, 20 years later, I'm doing all my mom, taking care of all my stuff, stuff my mom's stuff. What, 20 years later really, you're taking care of it? Now, well, because my mom's still alive. You oh, know? Um, oh, okay, got it. I thought she died mom's 20 still years alive. ago. Sorry, okay. sorry. Mom's still alive. Okay. But I'm trying to take care of her now. And it's just easier for me to do everything. Should I go get a power of attorney? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah. of course. Of course. I thought you were talking about it. And then that allows me. But see, I wasn't named as the trustee. Well, then if you're if but she can change that if she's still alive and has placed her assets into the trust. And she has not, by the way. Okay, then there is no trust. Then there's no trust for you to be a trustee on. Okay. 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 So I can go get power of attorney, and then I can take care of all her stuff. Yeah, for her, if assuming doing anyway, assuming that the banks accept uh, a power, a general power of attorney. If not, okay. the banks may have their own power of attorney. I right. did, I had to right. get one of those for my mother, and they wouldn't accept a general power of attorney. So I had to get their right. forms and have right. my have my mother sign it, and uh, I had to masquerade as my brother because my mother doesn't trust me. So I can get the power of attorney. And uh, so it's very specific. And, and and if you're talking real estate, uh, that doesn't even fly. But eh, for the most part, yeah, power of attorney is going to be fine. The big issue yeah, is the, is the bank accounts uh, or right. securities, insurance policies. Right. And right. Uh, the smaller issue is you want to get a power of attorney making a decision as to uh, whether or not to pull the plug, that sort of thing. That helps, too. Making medical yeah, Making just- medical decisions. Yeah, she um, she has the house in the trust, but all her other assets all are right. not. In then the just trust. write a will for the rest of the assets. Is she is she lucid? Is she caught? Does she have cognition? She does to a point. Well, get a will and a, get a will going right now. Okay. All right, okay. that's the That's-ish easiest way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you're sort of uh, racing the clock here, uh, for sure. Rick. Hello, Rick. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Uh, my parents have been married or were married for 65 years. Uh, everything was in both of their names. My mother passed away six years ago. My dad never transferred everything over to his name. There is a will. Uh, what they do have is a house that's paid off, uh, checking accounts, and then uh, all the other bills. But their their names are they're, both their names are still on it, right? That's correct. Okay. And so, so my brother went over to talk uh, consultation with a uh, who is the executor. My brother's the executor. Went over to talk to a probate lawyer. First, first uh, meeting was free, and then the next time he meets, they they're going to set up a contract. She is saying that first they need to probate my mom to get her name off the off the account. Well, did she have? Sure well, wait, wait, wait. Did she have separate property? No. Okay, then I don't. I don't quite understand uh, why you would probate because if it, I'm assuming everything was in joint tenancy, that's normally what happens. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, then there's uh, then you went to the long lawyer. There's nothing to probate yet because uh, as when one joint tenant dies, the other one owns everything. Okay, even though her name is still on, doesn't matter. On, doesn't matter. And then you can go in and have it transferred. Uh, what you do is simply file 
a, a document that transfers uh, the uh, name from both of them to one of them uh, on the basis of the death of one joint tenant. So there's no okay. probate at this point. Now, when your uh, mom dies... They... No, no, no. No, my mom died six years ago. Oh, when my your dad, dad dies. Okay, when your dad, dad dies. No, he's already... He just passed away a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. Well, then he is the only owner of uh, the property. It's just him. Because once she died, it all goes to him. So okay. what has to be probated is his will. Okay. So he does have a will. He doesn't have a trust. Okay. Uh, and and she's saying it could be as close to up to $10,000 to do both of them. Is, is that? Well, it depends on how big. How big is the estate? Well, it's just a house. It's just a house that's already paid off. Oh yeah, and, that's uh, uh, that's 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 a lot of money. It's time to get a new lawyer. Okay, what is a in general? What what what's the price of a? It a depends. For a lawyer? It depends how complicated it is. It depends on how many documents uh, was there. Separate property, saying joint tenants, and you have to uh, you have to finalize the death of one joint tenant. But in your case, ten grand seems like a lot of money. Yeah, I, I think well, you're so. Get another lawyer. That's easy. You're not obligated. Okay. Get another lawyer. All right. They'll all give, they'll give you a free consultation. You get free consultations all day. You can go to twenty five lawyers if you want. Karen, hello, Karen. Oh, do I have? Hey, uh, I'm doing? sorry. Uh, that's not Karen. All right, wrong number. But I'll go with you. Go ahead. Hello. What's your name? Hello. Yes. What's your name? Hey. Hey, how you doing there? My yeah. name is Joe. How are, you, how are you? Okay, Joe, what can I do for you? Hey, so I got a quick question for you, just kind of uh, regarding uh, phone tapping and uh, the legalities of it. Just real quick, if uh, I was calling a business, for example, and trying to, uh, you know, extract some information, uh, and I got the information, but I'm kind of concerned about legalities of the issue and, you know, Recording the call, for example. All right, you're um, talking about them recording the call or you recording the call? Me recording the All call, right. even though I, I said All right. this is on the record. All right, so that did, now did you say that you are recording the call? I said this is for the record. Nah, that doesn't do it. That's not recording. Now, well, what this, about, no? No, that's just, right. well, I don't even know what this is for the record means. Well, I was calling, uh, like, for example, uh, a business. You know, yeah, like I understand you said business. that, but what you're asking right. is, can you record a call? And you, if you say this is for the record, uh, is that enough to uh, meet the uh, the minimum of the law, the, the the minimum requirements? California need both. You need both parties to consent. Now you go to New York or other states. All you need is one party, and you can record all day long without the other side even knowing about it. California is a very different animal. You have to have both sides uh, consent, and it has to be crystal clear. You call these companies, and they so they say, we're recording this for quality assurance purposes or for training. By the way, none of that is true. They don't care about quality assurance, and they don't give a rat's about training. What it is is it, right. when they get their asses sued off, then what they do is go, here you go. Uh, they, you, you know, Joe's a liar or Mary is. So... Uh, that's but they tell you they're recording. So if they're recording, let's say for example that that took place, uh, does that does that give me the right, for example, to record as well? Uh, no, because they're not consenting to you recording. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, no, man. you've got you've got to tell them you're recording. 
You have to say, I am recording. You know, uh, a quality assurance. You know, we're recording this for quality assurance purposes. And you say, so am I. And then they continue. Well, that, in fact, is consent. You don't have to say, yes, I agree to a recording in order to have consent. All you have to do is stay on the line. That's it. This is handle. Oh, by the way, you can record all of this just to let you know. We record it. You can record it. I don't care if you record it. Go ahead. Record it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Use the recording as a stuffing, uh, stuffing, uh, stocking, stocking stuffer for Christmas. I don't care. All right. This is Handle on the Law. Every time I move, every step that I take, everywhere I look, it's right in front of my face. My foot in the shadows, my foot on the brakes, my foot to the gallows, where it's quiet and safe. Every step that I take. And welcome back. Handle here on a uh, Saturday morning as uh, we continue on with uh, Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Hello, Bobby. Welcome, Bobby. You're up. Hi, Bill. So I have a question on which courts have jurisdiction of my daughter. Um. She lived with uh, grandma in California for years. And uh, well, what what was the officially who had custody? Did uh, did the court grant grandma custody? Yeah, grandma had a uh, okay. Grandma had custody. Fair enough. And uh, about a year ago, I um, ended up terminating that guardianship. And my lawyer. All right. So, so she had a guardianship, a legal guardianship over the over the, your daughter, right? Yes. And how did she get the guardianship? Um, me and uh, mom were doing drugs when. Okay. Uh, All right. Fair enough. Young. All right. That makes sense. All right. So, uh, what do you want to do? When you said uh, you went ahead and terminated it, you've already uh, done yeah. that, or I you're hired, trying to? I hired an. I hired an. Attorney, yeah, and um, we ended up terminating the guardianship. But my attorney says I live here in Oregon. My attorney says that uh, um, if my daughter is a resident here in Oregon for more than six months, that um, the custody—if there was any custody hearings—they would have to be fought here in Oregon. And then um, I talked to uh, another attorney up here, says just the opposite that the. The courts down in California will always have jurisdiction over my daughter's lungs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's an interesting question. So one attorney says uh, Oregon. The other attorney says California, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I've got a quarter in my hand. Heads or tails? Tails. Tails. (laughs) You got it. You win. Okay. Karen. Hello, Karen. Yes. I moved into an apartment about 11 years ago, and when I moved in, I said to the manager, I'm looking for a place that does not have any dogs, because prior to that, 
I had neighbors with dogs who barked every time I went in my backyard. I had a dog, a neighbor's dog, attack me. Okay. I was tired of all of this, and I wanted a dog-free place. Right. So he said, we don't allow dogs here. But about three years later or so, a new manager came in and then started letting in dogs. Now I feel like I'm living in Dogtown. There's so many dogs here. And every day I have to hear people's dogs barking. Got it. All right, so let me ask this. Uh, Does it say in the lease that it's a dog-free apartment? Or is it just a representation that the manager made to you? (laughs) It might have said that in the lease. I don't even know if he gave me a copy of the lease when I moved in here. Oh. Well, you can certainly I don't know. Ask. He just said that. Well, if he then, just said if he just said it, all he has to do is deny he said that. Or he, he, he probably Oh, he's gone. They have a new right. manager. Okay. So, new manager so there's no so him. there so there's no record. It's just you saying uh this was a dog-free place uh and when you're asked, oh, "Who told you that?" Well, the manager who's no longer here is gone. So how far do you think that's going to go? Uh, however, in the lease, and you can ask uh, the owner of the property, the management company, if you have one, can I have a copy of the lease, even though the lease has expired, uh, which because they're year to year, if you don't, uh, if you don't reaffirm the lease or sign a new one, the terms still say the same. So if it says dog free and all of a sudden they change their mind and OK, wow, uh, that's a problem. However, let me go back and there's another issue here. And that is 11 years, if I have it right, and it was eight years ago they started letting in dogs? Maybe maybe six or seven. Yeah, I'm not, where are you going to go with that? You, why didn't they you, let one in because Why didn't you know I don't care about that? Because they're going to argue waiver. Why are you after six years now complaining about dogs? Because they keep adding. First one was emotional support. Okay. And then they just kept adding them until okay. now it's dogs. So care. now, okay. So now it is, this is the camel. This is the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Yeah, because I have a grand piano. That's expensive to move. I It's expensive to move anyway. I think you're going to have a problem with this, Karen. I think you're going to have a problem because you've got a waiver issue uh, that you've been there for so long. Your defense is, I took it, I took it, I took it, and I can't stand it anymore. Uh, yes. I came, But you can't prove that it was a dog-free establishment when you first walked in the door. Oh, I could probably, I think the guy's still living. He probably backed me up. All right, amazing. well, if if he says he, re, he represented to you it's dog-free, then you have, uh, but you still have all of those years. That's the problem. You can't very well argue, well, you didn't complain with one dog. You didn't complain with two dogs or three dogs. Now that there are four dogs uh, in the building, you're complaining. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to fly. Now there's about 10. Okay. See, the why didn't you com- why, so why didn't you complain at nine? How come you were screaming at eight? Well, because some of the first ones weren't barking. They were here, but they were not but barking. But you're still allowing, then- so what does it say, barking dogs? Is that what the manager said? That we're gonna uh, we're not gonna allow dogs, and then the first dog was a support dog, and the second one was a non-barking dog, and then another non-barking dog, and then you had a barking dog, and uh, it's gotten to this. It's gotten to the point now where uh, you're gonna tell me that somebody had a seal move in next door, and those guys really bark. So you're telling me I have to put up with it? Well, put up or, or get out? Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, because you're not going to change uh, the fact they're not going to kick out 10 people. No, they're not. So you can, here's what you can do 
is you can sue them, try to sue them in small claims court for moving expenses and ask for your deposit back. And maybe a judge maybe a judge will buy that. And that includes moving your grand piano. Maybe a judge will buy that. But I think you're gonna have a hard time saying, okay, it was number dog number six that did it. We're done. Matter of fact, we are done. This is handle on the law. A Saturday morning handle here with the legal show right up until 11 o'clock. If you tuned in uh, before 8 o'clock this morning between 6 and 8, you'll notice that, or you would have noticed that it wasn't me. Because Dean Sharp is uh, now doing a Saturday show from 6 to 8 o'clock, and it will uh, that will go on forever, I assume. And so he's got two shows, 6 to 8 on Saturday and 9 to 11 on Sunday. And uh, this entire show, and by the way, all four hours, if you count Saturday and Sunday, is all about drill bits. And that's what his show is. I should call it the Drill Bit Show. Because if you'd like to know about drill bits, it's four hours a weekend. Actually, that's absolutely not true. I'm just doing this to give a yutz to Dean. If you've listened to his show, you know what I'm talking about, how good it actually is. All right. Uh, phone number, 800-520-1534, top of the hour, always the best time to call, and that's 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you, you have absolutely no case. Now, if you happen to be in a state, uh, as I am, that has legalized recreational marijuana as well as medical marijuana, and you've ever gone to these pot dispensaries, which I have, only for sociological purposes. Although, you know, I can admit it now uh, because it's totally legal. You know, I, 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 you know, I can smoke a joint. Anyway, it's legal here in California. And these pot dispensaries won't accept credit cards. They won't accept checks. All they accept is cash. No debit cards, only cash. And why is that? Well, because the federal banking system is, of course, controlled by the feds. And under federal law, marijuana is still a crime. And it's a big crime, too. To have marijuana is no joke. I mean, it's a scheduled, uh, Schedule 2, Schedule 3 drug, whatever it is. I mean, there are people in Texas that are sitting in jail for 20 years for having four joints. And it's it's crazy. So, uh, and by the way, all cash. What does that mean? Well, these guys, some of these guys, do sixty thousand dollars a week in uh, drug sales. That's a lot of cash, which means security is insane. If you ever have the pleasure of going to a pot dispensary in California, uh, it's they're armed guards. Uh, there are two doors, and I mean, it is crazy time the way they do security. So, uh, what the California legislators are doing is uh, considering a plan uh, to encourage banks to do business with marijuana companies. And now all you can do is this is not a law that controls whether or not credit cards can be used because that's all controlled by the federal banking system. But what it does do is it encourages uh, the banks to encourage the feds to allow banking to be done within these uh, dispensaries. And you know what? 
the banks are on everybody's side because they don't make much money on you walking in uh, with a fistful of uh, of cash either. So California is getting on board. And I don't, how many states? I think seven states uh, allow recreational marijuana now and uh, a bunch of others. Uh, they allow medical marijuana. It, that's the wave of the future. Let me tell you, people are going to be smoking uh, the magic weed forever. They've been... They've been smoking marijuana. I, if I say grass, smoking grass, that totally dates me, doesn't it? Yeah. And you buy grass by the lid. Do they do that anymore? Okay. That was the bottom of a baggie, uh, and it was about two inches. And I remember it was $10. But compared to today's marijuana, today the, the two inches of the bottom of a, of a baggie, a plastic baggie, would get half of New York stoned. I mean, it's pretty potent stuff. All right, guys, uh, let's go ahead and uh, take some uh, phone calls. All right, Jackie, let's start with you. Hello, Jackie. Welcome. Hi, Bill. How yes. do I follow that? No, huh? You don't. You smoke. You smoke <laughs> um, some grass. Uh, my husband inherited property with his brother, fifty-fifty, about thirty acres. And ten years ago, the brother decides he's not going to pay the property taxes anymore. So, of course, my husband doesn't want to lose it. So now we're up to $30,000. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? So what is your question? What recourse does my husband have? He's got two. He's got two recourses. One, sell the property. Force the sale. Or, okay, or the second recourse is let your brother uh, or let the brother uh, or let your husband simply pay all the taxes. Now, can you sue for half the money? Do they both own uh, the property? Yeah, 50, okay. 50, yeah, yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'd sue the brother. You know, what the hell? You know, I don't know where that's going to go, uh, but, you know, what's he going to do? Say no, and then what happens? There'll be a, maybe a judgment against him. But, yeah, I'd consider suing for half of uh, the taxes paid up to this point. Definitely. My husband said he could put a lien on it when his brother dies and make his kids pay it. Is that true? No, not really. I mean, no, it doesn't work that way. Okay. Uh, all right. Nice Thanks, talking Bill. to you. All right. Uh, I think that's the way it works. I'm sure I was wrong on that one. Uh, but go figure. Hi, right, Michael. Uh, hello, Michael. Hi, Bill. Listen, about a month and a half ago, my brother-in-law died. He was 92. Uh, my sister's 85. She's uh, had cancer three times. She's all in remission. She went to this other doctor, and the doctor says... Uh, he says, uh, well, don't mourn about your husband because you're going to die in two weeks anyway. Wow. Uh, you're in terrible shape. Mm. Uh, yeah, and going doctor, on and on. And, doctor after my yeah. own heart. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want his name. That's the doctor I want to go to. Yes. <laughs> well, she told him to change his uh, sign and should say Dr. God. Yeah. But anyway, he uh, she went to another uh, – and he says uh, that he found 10 little spots on her lungs – uh, she went to another doctor. Doctor says that's not cancer. And she, the, the second doctor was an oncologist, ah, okay. and he says uh, those are uh, uh, mucus points or whatever. Okay. Nothing to worry about. Okay, and that. And, by the uh, way, you just answered the question. The first doctor was not an oncologist. Correct. So he did not have the expertise. And based on the fact, and this gets a little bit complicated because it has to be the did. In order to go after him uh, for emotional distress, and you're right, by the way, the cause of action action is emotional distress. Uh, that's uh-huh. written. That's written up on the computer. He has to uh, practice below the standard of care for the community that he is in, and not being an oncologist, 
what a non-oncologist, could that uh, non-oncologist reasonably infer that uh, she had uh, cancer and would only, uh, now, that to say you only got a couple of weeks to live is kind of a drag. I mean, that's a doctor with a big heart, obviously. But was that malpractice? Was that negligent to the point where you can sue for emotional distress? And that's the problem. Where did this play t- uh, this take place? What city? Uh, this was in uh, Southern California, okay. Westlake Village. That area. Okay, no, no. So you're, you're talking world-class medicine. So uh, the standard of care that is uh, a doctor would need to meet, for example, here in Southern California, is much higher than a practitioner sitting in Appalachia someplace, you know, at breaking for lunch and having a squirrel sandwich. That is, uh, <laughs> there is a, a whole difference in expectations, and that's really what this is all about is expectation. Uh so you know what I would do? I mean, there is a case here, assuming that the doctor uh, does uh, meets the standard of care. He should have known, and he shouldn't have said this. Or he should have said, I am not an oncologist. I can't make this, terminate, this determination. You go to an oncologist before he says that. So, um, yeah, I, I, would, uh, I would call a medical malpractice attorney on that one just to see if there's a case. Because the emotional distress part of it is pretty good. To be told you have two weeks to live when everything is just fine, uh, that's a big deal. So, and again, this is, uh, this is like a, a month after her husband passed away. Yeah, which adds, adds to the emotional distress. Incidentally, yeah. when, when did this happen? Uh, recently? Uh, I want to say within the last month. Uh, oh, well, yeah, 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 you're fine. You're fine. I was going to ask. Three weeks ago. Got it. That's fine. Because uh, you know, I'll ask that question and people end up saying, oh, this happened 26 years ago. Uh, no, no, so no, no. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, go to the website. Uh, go to my website, handleonthelaw.com. Just talk to a medical malpractice attorney or send an email to all of them. Okay. And uh, you'll see. It's, um, yeah, we'll see if something there. And if uh, the doctor does fall below the standard that he's required to. Yeah, yeah, you've got a decent case there. This is Handle on the Law. Handle here on a a Saturday morning. Back we go. More Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Jose, you're up. Welcome to the show. What can I do for you? Uh, Thank you. Yes, about... Three, last Saturday, uh, my wife fell in a mayor hotel in Puerto Vallarta three days on our vacation, and she broke her arm. Mm. So the hotel didn't do anything. They told us, uh, can we call a doctor? Say yes. Doctor come over, look at my wife's hand. He said, oh, she needs to go to the hospital. So then the doctors gave me the bill, which was $90. Mm-hmm. Went to the hospital. They asked me to put a $2,000 deposit. I paid a $2,000 deposit. They put a cast on my wife, gave him some pain medicine, released it. Last, uh, let me see, Thursday I went to my own doctor here, and they manipulated her hand, and she might need surgery. We will know until Thursday she will need surgery. Right. And I would like to know if we have a case against. This is a major hotel in Puerto Vallarta. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, do you happen to be from Mexico? No. no oh, okay. I'm not. Where are you from? Uh, actually, I was born in El Salvador, but I've been here 45 years. Yeah, and you sound like you got off the boat yesterday afternoon. <laughs> uh, you. Go figure. Uh, well, here's the problem. It's Mexico. Yes. 
and uh, you pay in Mexico. And I mean, the good news here is it wasn't in El Salvador because they would have cut your arm off uh, to deal with it. Uh, but here, no, there really isn't much you can do. Uh, there really isn't because uh, it's the medical, uh, the the hospital, the doctors charge what they want to charge you. And, mm-hmm. you. and you really have no say. Now, do you have medical insurance? Yes, I do. You yes. submit to your medical insurance. Okay. Because they'll probably pay. Because uh, if you're out of the country, unless you have a policy that doesn't pay out of the country and if you bought medical insurance on vacation. So this mm-hmm. is a good lesson. And this is for everybody who travels. I always buy medical insurance okay. uh, in case. By the way, what if crazy stuff happened? Like uh, your wife uh, had a compound fracture, or she fell down and had, uh, and she didn't. Thank goodness, a uh, traumatic head injury. And yeah. medical insurance will fly you in a medical ambulance back to uh, the states, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll it'll pay for medical insurance. It'll, I mean, obviously, it'll pay for all the medical costs. Now, depending on your insurance company, that may pay. And. Oh, no. We already contacted our insurance. And they said no? No, they say yes. So okay. we need to do send the then, yeah, well, it. Yeah, innocently, if you do get money, uh, there's no damage here. What are you going to do? Sue them for your wife having a broken arm? And when she tripped, I'm assuming she fell in the in the hotel, what did she fall on? What did she slip on? Well, actually, it was 1130 at night, and it seems like they just finished watering all the plants around there. Well, people have to walk back to their huh. Okay, so uh, you're going to argue it was slippery and uh, the water was uh, being, uh, the whole place was being drenched. Yeah, you have nothing there. So uh, it's it's actually a, a very interesting situation in that, number one, it's Mexico, all right? And what are you going to do? Try filing a lawsuit in Mexico. Good luck. And then your insurance is going to pay, so your damage is going to basically be almost zero, and uh, I have, and by the way, just uh, I'm going to give a plug to Kaiser, which uh, is, and they don't advertise uh, here, but uh, Kaiser, which I belong to and have for many, many years. I was with them since I've been five years old. Uh, they will pay for out-of-pocket medical expenses done out of their network. In other words, in Mexico, uh, they would pay uh, and just write a check to the hospital and the doctor or write me back for anything I've paid. Uh, but you say your insurance will pay you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I have a really great insurance. Oh, okay, and they're going to and they're going to and they're going to pay a hundred percent. Yes, yes. What are you bitching about? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> what do you want? Some free money? No, no, no. I was just to see, you know, if I yeah, have, you, you don't. Know, no, you don't. Anything against the hotel? I know. No, you don't. I mean, uh, no, no. I mean, you could argue, but uh, they're yeah. Whoa, they should have put a sign up saying it's uh, wet. Uh, the pavement's wet, but no. You're like, yeah, by the way, suing, filing lawsuits in foreign countries is completely insane because you're dealing with their laws. And having that, and, and the doctor uh, charging 90 bucks, can you imagine a doctor showing up at a hotel here in the States and saying that'll be $90? I mean, 900 9000 Actually, 9000 is closer to reality than 90 all right, uh, let's talk about uh, your security. Uh, security researchers recently discovered an unprotected, publicly accessible database containing 150 gigabytes of detailed marketing data. Oh, that's including 763 million unique email addresses. I mean, you talk about the cyber hackers, the criminals, the cockroaches getting hold of your information. Well, it's already out there. I mean, there's no way to protect yourself against your information being out there. But 
There is a way of protecting yourself against these uh, cockroaches stealing your identity and then creating havoc with fake tax returns and buying stuff. And that is uh, a company that I've been dealing with for over a decade, LifeLock. Not only am I protected by LifeLock, my entire family, because everybody, every single person is susceptible. So this is all about your identity protection, identity theft protection. If there's a problem, by the way, the folks at LifeLock will work to fix the problem. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction at every business. But LifeLock, well, that's super protection, certainly in my opinion, and certainly as a customer for 10 years, I can tell you that. So uh, 10% off your first year. Call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE, 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE, or visit lifelock.com, promo code HANDLE. This is HANDLE on the law. And good morning, HANDLE here. Right up until 11 o'clock. By the way, coming up at uh, 12 o'clock today, I'll be in uh, Montclair. At the Cunning Dental Clinic uh, for a uh, new teeth, new teeth in a day procedure seminar. Yeah, I always get that mixed up. New teeth in a day procedure, new teeth. In, yeah, fair enough. That's why. Anyway, uh, I'll be there, and I'd like to invite you there to join me. Fair enough. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. All right, uh, Ziggy. Anybody who's got a first name of Ziggy automatically goes to the top. All right, what can I do for you, Ziggy? Thank you very much. My employee um, approached the on-ramp to the freeway, and uh, he was hydroplaning, and uh, police and the highway patrol already helped another uh, car getting out of the way. And uh, so his car was damaged, and um, he asked for a tow truck. They got the tow truck coming. And the police and the highway patrol left. When the tow truck came to hook up his car, another highway patrol approached and asked him to take a breathalyzing test. What, he said, because, and he wasn't even driving at the time? No, not driving. He was waiting for the uh, tow truck. Okay. And uh, so they wanted the breathalyzer test, and he said, heck no. Wait a sec. Was he, was he drinking or not? No. No. Let me ask you a quick question. I understand there's a whole story beyond that. But yeah. uh, even though the cops are dead wrong on this, and uh, are you really going to get into it with the cops if all you have to do is take a breathalyzer test and pass it? Now, uh, obviously, uh, you shouldn't have to. All kinds of laws and civil rights are being violated. But at some point, you just get practical. You know what? What a pain uh, this is. And, yeah, these guys are dead wrong. But, you know, I'm going to pass it anyway, so let me take 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't well, do that, obviously. So he said, no, I'm not going to take a breathalyzer test, right? They arrested him, took him to the hospital, took a blood test. He's okay. Okay. He went to court, and the lawyer told him to agree to um, drunk driving. Oh! And he wasn't and drunk? he said no. Of course so not. they got him for reckless driving. Okay, and wait but, a sec. Did he agree to... Uh, plead to reckless driving or do they convict him of reckless driving he agreed to it oh god see there you go so now he has a reckless on his record isn't that special okay so what's your question ziggy we don't he got it but 
if he would agree to drunk driving, who could drive to and from work. Since his reckless driving, he is not allowed to drive for a year. No, he appealed everything all the way through. Anything he can do. Well, first of all, a, a drunk driving, you can drive to and from work, but on a reckless, you can't even drive to work, take it away for a year. That's a DMV, uh, that's a DMV issue. All right? So he, he, get, went, he, went, and he, he went to DMV and he appealed it and he lost that, right? Right. It's time for a lawyer. Ziggy, it's time for him to spend a few thousand dollars on a lawyer. Isn't that uh, yeah. worth not taking that breathalyzer test? I'll yeah. show you. That's like you get stopped by a cop and you shouldn't have been stopped. And instead of, and he goes, get out of the car. I, officer, I don't think I did anything wrong. And he starts questioning you. And you start poking him in the chest and saying, buddy, I pay your salary. Well, your buddy well, was even was, dumber than that. He has long hair and tattoos. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He blows, he takes a breathalyzer. Yeah, he says, he you know, gentlemen, I mean, officers, said, nope. I haven't been drinking, but I'll be more than happy to take a breathalyzer. He's going to pass it. Yes. You got, your, your buddy is a moron. And now he's going to spend it. thousands of dollars. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Does he win? Uh, who the hell knows? Because yeah. the cops are going to lie. Do you? All right. Of course. But he, he eventually he will prevail because, well, no, because he mm-hmm. pled out. He agreed yeah. to it. And that's the problem. Yeah. When you agree, it's hard to undo an agreement. Okay. Yeah. You're, by the way, uh, I, that, is that an Israeli accent that I hear? No, it's German. Oh, it's German. Okay. But I'm going to Israel. Oh, good. You're going to love Israel. In, in uh, October. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was there before. Yeah. By the it. way, uh, does uh, uh, your buddy, I want you to use the word schmuck to schmuck. talk. Yeah, schmuck. And that's what I you want to call him. That. Yeah, good. Because that's exactly what we're talking about. I mean, at some point, I get this all the time. My civil rights have been violated. Yeah, that's true. And I want to do something about it. And I go, that's great. Go right ahead. Hire a civil rights lawyer. And in the end, you know what ends up happening? The judge goes, bad boy. So what happens in this case with Ziggy? When it's all said and done and Ziggy's buddy wins the case $8,000 later or $15,000 later or $5,000 later, you know what the does? judge just does? Dismisses, doesn't even say a word to the cops. Not a word. No downside. So at some point, you just get practical. For example, oh, the IRS sent me a letter. You know when the IRS sends me a letter and it's anything under $200, I just write the check. Do I owe the money? I, I, of course not. Hell no. I don't care. Now, if you get 15 of those letters in a year, you're probably on someone's list. And then we get to use the word schmuck with you. All right. There we go. Dave, I see I'm getting used to a new phone here. That's the problem, and that's why I'm delaying everything. Hello, Dave. You're up. Welcome. Hello, hello, Bill. Uh, my question is with regard to smoking policies in a senior complex apartment uh, community. There are six buildings that are separated, and roughly 2014, when my folks moved in, there were no smoking policies designated to any of the buildings. A year after they moved in, they designated three of the buildings smoking buildings, the rest non-smoking. I don't think you can do that. Uh, you're talking about inside. You're talking about within their apartment, right? 
Correct. Not in common areas, not outside, just that this building will put smokers in. All right. Fair enough. Correct. Okay. Okay. A year, uh, let's see, that was 2015. Um, Roughly two years ago, they changed the language in the leases to say no smoking in common areas or balconies or patios. Well, they allowed people that smoked on their balconies or patios. They had a policy in the lease, but they allowed it. A month ago, roughly, new management came in, and now they're enforcing all the smoking policies, saying it says here, no smoking on balconies or patios. Right. And I said, well, wait a minute. I'm in a smoking building. Are you now telling me? That I cannot smoke on my balcony or patio. That's well, the original, but here's, but I pay for. It. Okay, but the original, the original lease was it was a non-smoking building. Is that correct? Or are you or are you in a smoking building no matter what? I I am in a smoking building. Okay, and what they're saying now, and but the lease said, or the policy was when you moved in, there was no smoking on balconies, or do they institute that after you moved in? They instituted that after I moved in. All right. So uh, what do you want to know? Well, I would say that they waived. It's a basically it's it's a waiver. I don't know. A nonverbal waiver. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. For failure to enforce. But uh, okay. But let's say it is. What is so now what? What's your question? And and they also allowed the people that were in buildings that were designated non-smoking. They gave them letters saying. You are being grandfathered in. You can smoke on your patio. You can okay. smoke in your apartment. You're being grandfathered in. Okay. So what? what and that's what, even in a non-smoking. Okay. Field. So what's your question? My question is, that patio is private to me. It's not a. It's not. Nobody has access to my balcony okay. or okay. patio but me. There's a question in there somewhere. There's a. There, there's a. There, yeah. There's a question in there somewhere. The question is, can I smoke on my patio or balcony? If I'm in a designated smoking building. Oh, uh, yeah. What are they going to do to you? Call the smoking police? And so what they'll do is uh, probably tell you uh, tell you you're in violation of the policy and you go too bad because of all of these reasons. And then you get the joys of either they let you happen or they file an eviction. And uh, you get to now fight the eviction based on their them wanting to kick you out. So uh, now, are you in a rent control area? I have no idea. Which, uh, I just moved to Temecula. Oh, no, to, okay. Temecula, no, no, Temecula is not rent-controlled. So here's the okay. other good news. They can toss you out for any reason whatsoever. They have the right uh, you know, at the end of the lease to say goodbye. I don't want you here anymore. Right. You can't rent-control. So you can fight it. Uh, let's say you win. Uh, and uh, you now, and by the way, you're now paying a lawyer for this, of course. And uh, you end up winning the case saying they can't do that, you're allowed to smoke, and then they turn around and come up with some crackpot reason to evict you. And you're going to argue, well, this is a retaliatory eviction. They're going to go, nope, I'm not. Uh, It's not retaliatory, and because uh, he was a pain in the ass, because he was disruptive, uh, the way he treated my staff when uh, he was complaining about the smoking, they can come up with anything, and then you're out. That's The hilarious thing about it is they said I could stand... Open the sliding glass door on my patio and stand inside and blow the smoke okay. outside. And Whatever. Okay. That's, uh, I don't think that's hilarious. I mean, I've heard funnier things than that. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where, yep, you're right. Now what? See, that is always the problem. You have to deal with that.
This is Handle on the Law. We don't care what nobody said. We don't stop when the night is dead. We don't have nothing to lose. KFI Handle here on a Saturday. Back we go. More Handle on uh, the Law. Marginal legal advice. Hi, right, John. There you go. Welcome to Handle on the Law, John. Hi, Bill. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, really quick, because I know the show's about to be over. Uh, so we were sitting, uh, waiting to turn left, and there was a guy across from us. He was also going to turn left, but just uh, he changed his mind, and instead of turning left, he decided to go straight into us. Okay, and your question? So my question is, uh, do we have a case? And okay. Who's up? Any any witnesses? Uh, actually, the police were a block away, and they they were there as soon as I got out. Of I know. My did car. they see? But did they see it? Yes. Well, I was in the car, and the guy, the guy, the guy hit us so hard that I've been having like bad. Okay. Did who? Since. But who saw it? Do you have any witnesses who actually saw yes, the, the accident? Yes, the police saw it. Oh, they, then that's easy. Then that's easy. Then what, the, the, I'm assuming the police then uh, noted that they were at the other side was at fault, correct? Yes. You're done. And we have him on, on. You're done. They're at fault. You're done. We don't have to go through more of it. That that becomes really easy. Peter. Hello, Peter. Hi. Yes, sir. Good morning. Uh, Bill, um, I have a uh, a student relative living with us. I have a little rental agreement. But as it turns out, I don't charge anything. She doesn't pay anything. So I provide room, board, incidentals, whatever. And a tax guy said, well, Claimer is a little dependent. Okay. And, okay, which is fine. And she has her own car, her own insurance. Right. Her parents live in another state. I want to know, am I in any way liable no, if she gets No, to- no, no, you're fine. She's an adult. Uh, and you're 19 years old. Yeah. You're no, she's, uh, no, you are not liable. The only thing you would be liable for is an argument with the IRS, whether she is a dependent or not. Uh, And that, and that has nothing to do with your, uh, legal, uh, requirements or your legal liability. All right. Have you ever gone to a Starbucks? Uh, Of course you have, and you have no money left, but have you ever gone to a Starbucks and use the Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi almost anybody at, at anybody's house, for example, on a router. Well, it's all unprotected, and uh, the cyber criminals are there, and they can pick up this information, particularly public Wi-Fi's, and uh, you're you're at risk. And when they get that information, now we're talking about identity theft, fake tax returns in your name that they get, uh, credit apps. I mean, it's all crazy. So let me tell you about uh, Norton Secure VPN. It's an easy-to-use virtual private network. And when you use Wi-Fi anywhere, it encrypts your connections, even on public Wi-Fi. So that information you send is private, and it stays private. And with Norton Secure VPN, it'll protect uh, either your laptop or any mobile device, so when, whether you're sending or receiving information, you can do that securely. So go to Norton Secure VPN. Enjoy the convenience of the connected world without the worry of the online privacy security, the cockroaches who steal all your information. Go to Norton.com slash VPN. Protection starts at just $3.33 a month with annual subscription. Terms apply. That's Norton.com slash VPN. This is Handle on the Law.